Welcome to Served Neat, hosted by your girl, Jen Hartman. I'm the CEO of Neat, a boutique PR and marketing agency based out of Louisville, Kentucky. I launched Neat in 2019 with just $3,000 in my bank account. Since then, I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of emerging brands and Fortune 500 empires. I believe that marketing and PR should be served neat, just like your favorite bourbon. On this podcast, you'll hear about the latest and greatest growth strategies, the ups and the downs of entrepreneurship, and so much more. Pour yourself a glass of your favorite bourbon because it's time to dive in to this week's episode. Hey. How's it going? Yeah, it's going all right. It's going all right. I appreciate your honesty. I went to Heidi's earlier and I was like, how's it going? And she's like, I'm alive. And I was like, yeah, yeah same. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been a busy morning. I had to run out and go and do stops and errands. And so, but it's good getting out of the house. Yesterday, I didn't leave the house until like 8 p.m. Oh my God. Yeah. I've been trying to get out and about a lot more recently just because like working from home all the time, I need to switch up my routine. So I've been trying to get out there and meet people and do the dang thing, but it's harder in the winter too. When it's cold, I kind of just want to be like, oh, yeah, just hibernate under a blanket. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. If I'm working from home, I'm in my pajamas. Usually I'm just sitting in bed working under all my blankets in the winter because Kentucky winters suck. (laughs) But I swear like it hasn't been that bad this year. Like for anybody listening who's not from Kentucky, it's been like mild, like 40s. It has been mild. I don't know if that's better or worse. Like, do we just get a snowstorm and like get it out of the way and like enjoy the cold or like, do I want to keep it here in the 40s? I don't know. Okay. So the reason why I wanted to talk to you on my podcast is because you're in the messy middle of all the things. And Mm. I like talking to people who are like going through the thick of it because you have a different perspective than in a year from now when you're like on a different level and you can look back and be like, oh yeah, da, 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 da. Like, no, you're in the middle of things. It's really difficult right now. And I know a lot of my listeners are also in the thick of it as entrepreneurs. So I think you're a perfect person to talk to, especially in the beginning of the year. Well, I'm excited to be on the podcast. And yes, you are right. That assessment <laughs> in the thick of it, which is fine. It's still like this stage. I want to enjoy it as much as you can enjoy all the chaos because right now we're building and we're forming. And this is a fun stage because you can be very agile, but there's just so much. There's like a thousand things to do. <laughs> And you're still very much the doer of all the things at the moment. I know you've pulled in help here and there and we're going to get into it, but I like that you're still very much heavily involved in the day-to-day of all the tasks because like you're learning everything. And in the future, when you have a full team, you're going to be so good at training people up on things because you're currently doing it yourself. So yeah, yeah, I think that's awesome. But for people who like don't know you, don't know the company, this is my friend, Amanda. I'm also a strategic advisor with Bestie as well. Bestie is a period care subscription company. And the cool thing about this is it actually syncs up with your periods, whether your cycle is 2090s or 3040s, whatever it may be, it syncs up with your cycle. And there's all these fun goodies in bestie boxes. So like it's a mix of snacks and self-care products and obviously period products. And it's really fun. And I love Amanda. I love what she's doing. There's a reason why I'm a strategic advisor in her business, but enough about that. Amanda, can you kind of tell us where your entrepreneurial journey started? Yeah. So I'm very much like an ideas person. Like I see a problem and I want to come up with a solution for it. And so that's always been kind of an inherent personality trait, (laughs) maybe a toxic trait of like, oh, what about this? What about this? And my husband's like, "Uh uh-huh. 
Uh huh. <laughs> He's always having to roll with me on this. But it's funny because even a year ago today, Bestie didn't exist even in my head. It was literally just something I was like, I couldn't sleep one night. And me and my husband had been going back and forth of like an ongoing joke about how every month I would start my period and it would be like shock. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I started and I need pads and tampons. I don't have any at home. I was just super bad about tracking my cycle and keeping up with things. And just before I was working a full-time job at an international development organization, super busy with that and then just family life and obligations and responsibilities so I was so great at keeping on top of my day job keeping things ticking in all those ways but super bad at taking care of myself and making sure that I had what I needed so I was always asking my husband hey will you just go to the store and pick this up I'm cramping I'm bloating I need help also while you're there I need a face mask and I need chocolates and candy and the list goes on and on one night I was working on my founder story because what really kicked things off is I asked my husband for night pads and he brought back adult diapers. I was not about to ask him to go out again. I was not about to go out myself. So I like reluctantly used the products. I'm sitting there in my adult diaper with my chocolate and I'm PMSing and I'm like crying and feeling so pathetic. I was like, no, never again. And so yeah, then the idea for Bestie Kim was like, I just need a subscription that will have the stuff that I need. I know that the kind of products that I want, if it could just come all wrapped in a bow to my doorstep and then I will never have to worry about this again and so Bestie was born and that was really in April of 2023 and immediately like I was doing research like is there anything out there like this and I couldn't find anything so I was like okay this is it this is the idea that really feels like the warm fuzzy idea that other people might actually want not just me and so that's how Bestie got started and yeah since April I had brought on a co-founder to help me with the tech side of stuff because it was that syncing with your cycle was the thing. I covet the people that get their cycles like every 30 days, every 34 days. I get mine every 24 days. Sorry, <laughs> what? You're always on your period. Always on my period. It's the worst. So I have a routine where these things are there and available for me is super important because then I can go about the other priorities in life with one less thing to stress over. And so yeah, and then constantly always being on your period is just stressful in and of itself. Oh my gosh. I mean, any guys who are listening, women who get their periods, I swear we have like three or four really good days out of the month where we're just operating at our fullest capacity. We're glowing. We feel so confident in ourselves. And then like, other than that, it's like, we're getting ready for our period. We're on our period or we're like recovering from our periods. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. For whatever reason, my cycle is synced up with all these really important events. So I've done some pitch events since starting Bestie and I'm always on my period when I have to get up in front of people and talk about Bestie. I started my period on the first, kicking off the new year, like, hello, so on brand. So love that journey for you. <laughs> yeah, love that for me. <laughs> okay, so you really haven't been at this for that long. I mean, not even a full year, which is crazy. And I feel like you've seen so much traction already, but I'm curious to hear from you. At what point were you like, oh, I have something. This is something that is going to catch on. Like, what was that moment for you? So really, it was talking about it with my friends and seeing them get so excited and also their husbands, just the excitement from people. And then I said, well, would you want to be in the pilot? And it was a paid pilot. People were paying for the service at a discounted rate, but just that I had so many people say, yeah, like count me in. I want to try this out. And so those were like our really early adopters and who let us test 
things and trial things and see like what kind of products would be a great fit for what people want during their time of the month. I love it. That's really exciting. So tell me if you don't mind sharing, I love talking numbers on the podcast because I feel like for some reason, female founders are still very reluctant to be like, oh yeah, this is how much I spent. This is how much I made. If you're comfortable, can you dive into sharing how much money did it take to get you from idea to launching the product? Okay. So I was very fortunate to find a CTO when him and I went at this, we were like, okay, we're working for free. We're putting in all the groundwork and all the foundational stuff and we're not paying other people to do it for us. So that part I think was very, very beneficial. I did look for founder friendly softwares and all that to actually get the paperwork. Again, I'm a researcher. And so I'm like, okay, what can get us the most bang for our buck? So Evan and I put probably two and a half thousand dollars into the business from the get go just to get the products, the inventory and all that stuff to trial it out. And then from there with the paid pilot, we were recouping some of that, but more so that was just, Hey, this is what we're investing into the business. Okay. That makes sense. And I know that you won a pretty exciting pitch competition back when I first met you, I think in August or September, walk us through that. Like, how did you get involved with render? How did you build up confidence to get on stage in front of hundreds of people and like share your idea after you won? the money. It just walk us through that process because I think a lot of people when they're first getting started in the first six months or the first year, they're like, well, do I take out a credit card? Do I get a loan? Do I raise capital? Like, what does it look like if you won money and you won a substantial amount of money in the beginning? So share a bit more about that. Yep. So we knew that if this was really going to take off in order to scale it and grow it, that we would need to have inventory on hand more than what we could invest in it in the early stages. And so I had started looking for different incubators, accelerators, pitch programs, and see what was all that. I think our first competition we went for was the Y Combinator. That was how I even heard about the pitching and all that. And there was such a great wealth of information. But I was just across the board. And I think I just Googled regional VCs in Kentucky or whatever. And I came across Render. And this must have been about mid-May. And so as we're trying to build the business, I'm looking at ways to fund the business. And so I think there was a two-week window to submit your application before it closed. And so I was emailing with one of the guys there who was fantastic. And I had put together a pitch deck and he was like, Hey, I think that you should go for this competition. And so I like worked really hard to find the pitch deck and try to present it in the best way of showing the opportunity, but showing that we already had people who had signed up to pilot it. There were people who were interested. We had people on our newsletter list already of just, Hey, I want to know more about this. And when you're starting. So I did, I went for it and it was kind of like a waiting game. It was okay. Well, we'll see what happens. In the meantime, we were super busy anyway, just running the pilot and getting the feedback and refining. So everything was happening simultaneously. But then we made it to the stage two and then we made it to stage three. And it was just like, what in the world? Everything just started to fall into place. And I think that's where entrepreneurs getting lucky. Like I just felt like I was getting super lucky with every time we made it to the next stage. And so we ended up getting selected. We were one of eight winners and it was for a hundred thousand dollars safe. And it did require me getting up and pitching to a room full of, I don't know, there's more than a hundred people there, which was terrible terrifying for me because I am not a fan of public speaking. <laughs> so Jen, I think I told you this is we had like a two hour gap, we had to go there and be around for the setup and the practice. And then we had two hours before it was the pitch, I went home, I got my hairbrush and pretended like it was a microphone and put a YouTube clip of a crowd up on the TV screen and went through my pitch over and over again, pretending like it was the real deal. So that way, when I actually got up in front of everyone, I felt prepared, I'd put in enough preparation. And I think that's a big part of it too, is as much preparation as you can do, researching you can do, watching videos and seeing how 
other people have done it. I think it's very informative. And so you can find your own voice and your own style, but learn a lot in the process. Yeah. I remember going to that pitch competition and I was like, wow, there's a lot of people here. And just watching all the pitches, it was a lot of guys and AI, like a lot of AI focused products and companies. You pop up there and you're like talking about your period. And I was like, her, I want to meet her. And I remember like sliding into your LinkedIn DM shortly after that. And we grabbed coffee and I, we hit it off almost immediately. So you had that $100,000 and that was probably like a really exciting moment for you. Clearly it was exciting. What is that money being used for or what has it been used for? So the first thing I did as soon as the money came through was put in an order for inventory. So okay. we went ahead and thought we wanted our own line of organic pads and tampons. I thought that would kind of be very important for just our brand as a whole. And so that was a big chunk of the money. And it was one of the things like, oh my gosh, when I was about to send the wire for the purchase and I was like, ah, this is the biggest purchase I've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait, can you share numbers? How much money is that? Is that $5,000? Is it 10000 Is it fifty? Like, I don't know how much it costs to have pads and tampons and things made. Okay, here's what I will share because I had to negotiate my ass off to try to get the lowest MOQ because these companies are used to working with the big brands who have a ton of resources. But if I were a big brand and I was getting the minimum order quantity from a manufacturer, I would have to spend $120,000 just to get the minimum order quantity. And so luckily, I guess maybe I have good negotiating skills or maybe it's the Southern charm of like, help me, I'm a brand new baby, like business. And so people like, I don't know, we're kind. <laughs> they threw that me a bone. so funny. Okay, so let's kind of dive in a little bit deeper here. How did you find your manufacturer and how did you know that they were the one for you? So I did a lot of research looking for manufacturers across the board. And there was a few sets of criteria that were really, really important to me. So we started and I wanted to actually minimize packaging. Being eco-friendly, minimizing packaging was a huge thing. So I wanted to actually buy loose product in bulk and package it ourselves in our boxes. However, there are FDA regulations involved. And again, these big companies who can afford the attorneys and filing with the FDA and it's a process and it costs money. And so I had to kind of backtrack on that original intention. And then that might be something that we put do towards the future, but just right now it wouldn't work. But products that were organic and biodegradable. So those were the two things. And so when I found a manufacturer that could provide the products that we wanted that were biodegradable because I'm eco-friendly, care about the planet because I don't want women to be putting harmful things in their bodies or, you know, or in a, a very protected area. You know, you, you got to use the best stuff when you're talking about your bits. So <laughs> yeah, and that's how it worked. And so I actually went to a trade show back in October and got to meet them. So that was really fun. That's amazing. I love that. Did you talk to other manufacturers and like what red flags did they give off and made you think like, oh, this is not the manufacturer for me? It was more so about trying to find someone who was willing to be flexible with those okay. minimum order quantities. So I had good experiences just talking and exploring options but just trying to find the person that would throw me a bone. <laughs> Awesome. I love it. Thanks for sharing more. I really appreciate any founder who can come on here and talk numbers and talk about manufacturing. I know it's not easy to be super vulnerable with numbers and stuff. So I appreciate you. I want to give you a compliment and like dive deeper on this. You have been really scrappy in how you've gotten help in your business so far. I know that you are working with a local university on your marketing efforts this spring. You had approached me and talked to me about just being a strategic advisor in exchange for equity and 
full transparency, this is the first time I've ever doing something like this. I mean, I've consulted with tons of brands, but I've never done it in exchange for equity before. And I see the potential in you and what you're building. So I see how this could turn into something bigger, but you didn't upfront your care. I'm going to pay you like tens of thousands of dollars. And like, I want your advice, right? Like you were scrappy. You were like, I'll give you equity. You give me advice and whatever. And I know that you've been on like Upwork, other platforms like that to kind of source people. Like talk to me about that. Like what even made you think, oh, there is an opportunity to swap where this person gets equity and I get advice and connections. Like where did you first figure that out? Because I don't think a lot of people think that way when they're first starting. I think me having worked in the nonprofit space where you're literally pinching every penny and counting every dollar and you have to make it count because you are stewarding other people's money. That is kind of ingrained in me now having done that for so long. And because right now the landscape of fundraising and getting investors is challenging. And so I can't count on more money coming through necessarily. So I looked at investment we got through Render. And I was like, how can I stretch this as far as it will go to give me the longest runway? Because this is a brand new business and runway is really important to be able to do the work it takes. And it, there's a lot to be done. And so you have to build slow and it's not just like you snap your fingers and you're successful overnight. Like some people probably have that. If they could talk to me and throw me some emojo, like I'd appreciate it. So trying to just be really careful about how I spend the money and making it stretch as far as it can go. And so, yeah, bringing you on as an advisor, I thought that would be one, knowing the space that you are in, you have to have your eye on all the trends happening in the marketing and PR space. Whereas I am so stretched across the board, I can't pay as much attention. I want Jen. I want her to be on my team. And so, and that's too, is like, I know being just realistic about where my skill sets are and my expertise, you can go a lot farther when you have more brains on board than trying to do it all yourself. And I don't want to run into the pitfall of trying to exercise all the control and do everything myself. We're not going to go far if that was the case. So trying to bring people around me who can speak into the business. And recently we actually were talking with other founders about trading services because it is expensive to hire people in and to outsource different jobs. And so we're working with black box businesses. They do a subscription service kind of similar in a similar vein. And so I'm great with systems. I'm great with operations, implementation, figuring out how to make everything tie together. So I'm speaking into that for them. They're speaking into the creative part of it. We're already going to do like a video content day where we're going to make a bunch of TikTok videos or something, you know, just fun stuff because that's our brand. We want to be fun. Humor is huge. And so we're looking for ways to incorporate that. We're just helping each other out where there is an area of need. And I don't know, I just love that. I love it that businesses are helping each other. We want you to grow. We want to grow. Let's do it together. Let's have fun in the process. So I love that so much. I think swapping services has gotten a bad reputation in recent years, especially in the service-based industry. But there is so much value in it. If you can find the right business and you really connect with the other founders and the work that you're swapping is equal in value, I don't think you can go wrong. Even though like I'm in my fifth year of business, I still swap services with other people when I see that it makes sense. We did something back in May of last year where we had a videographer friend come in and do like a full content day with us where we just got tons of B-roll and whatnot. And we did interviews and we had enough video content to use for like the next year. And in exchange, I think I did one or two 60 minute calls with him and like we wrote a pitch for him and like the value exchange was fair at the end of the day, but we both got so much value from each other and I can see us doing that 
again, but it has to be like the right person and the right value from both ends. So I like that you brought that up. That's a really great way to get a service for free, if you will. I know the other thing you're doing, and I'd love for you to talk about this, is you are actually working with the University of Louisville for marketing efforts. How did that end up coming about? Okay, so this is where the networking events that happen in Louisville are really, really beneficial. And <laughs> I met a guy who oversees, he's a professor at UofL, and we were just drinking a beer at one of these networking events, just talking about Bestie. And I love talking to guys about Bestie because they're generally so interested in period care. They're like, they just want to know all about it. It's this realm that's, I guess, have been mysterious. So anyway, we're talking about Bestie and he's telling me about Uvel, but he suggested the bird's nest. And he was like, I will introduce you. So Karen is overseeing and she's a professor there as well. And we just got to talking and it was really them really liking the idea for Bestie and getting excited about that. And we just were like, okay, well, let's work together. I would love that. And so they're going to take us on as a client here in this spring semester. And that's huge for us as well, because again, we're trying to be scrappy. We're trying to like figure things out and find that product market fit. And so to have them take us on and it's like that, yeah, it's just a really good situation for us. They'll give us a team, like a team of students who will take it and run with it. So I'm super excited. Yeah, for anybody listening who is maybe in the early stages of running their business, or maybe you're a nonprofit and you're looking for help, there's probably a university in your city that has resources for your business. I have something similar that I have done where I haven't worked with the university and like their marketing department or whatever marketing students in that way. I am teaching a class though starting tonight and we are treating it like a marketing agency. So I'm excited about that. It's kind of like the Bellarmine version of what UofL is doing. But I have done something similar with a university, actually in my hometown of Erie, Pennsylvania, where I invented a product and they actually 3D printed multiple products for me and they did all the market research as well and all the competitor research. So I got those services for free because the university just had a club or a program set up for that. So if you need something, contact your local university. They probably have free support for you and your business in some way, shape or form. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. again, I just wanted to praise you because you have been so scrappy and you've been able to like figure it out and really stretch that dollar and... It's been great like watching you do this in the last couple of months. I want to shift directions and just kind of talk about like being a founder who has a period. Having a period impacts you in so many different ways, physically, emotionally. It can be really, really tough. How do you care for yourself when you're on your period? Also, how are you a badass boss and doing all the things? Whew. So that is a great question. And I can speak to that because I'm on my period right now. And so I just have to lean into how I'm feeling. The first day of my period, I just feel very sluggish and want to lay in bed. So I'll have a task list. Let me do the things that I can lay in bed. If I've got meetings, I'm off camera because I don't feel like putting on my makeup and <laughs> do my hair or any of that stuff. But going gentle on those days and then knowing it's like, okay, this is going to be a couple days and then I'll be out of the funk and then I'll hit it hard with the other things pressing in. So you just have to lean into the energy that you're dealing with at the moment. Yeah. Working with your cycle, not against your cycle. I know there's multiple phases you go through and you have your cycle. For me, for example, I forget what period it is. It's the week after your period where you're kind of happy and energetic. That is the, the week. follicle phase. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know the names of the phases, but like during that week of like my life, my cycle, like I am going out and about, I'm going on coffee dates. I'm taking calls with prospects. I am very, very extroverted. And like, I really lean into that. And then right before I get my period or like when I have my period, I tend to kind of not take as many meetings and I am a little bit more creative. So I'll do more like copywriting during that phase. I'll do more brainstorming. So it took me so many years to get to that point of working with my cycle and 
instead of against my cycle. Because when you're working against your cycle, all you're doing is exhausting yourself. And like you're doing something that isn't natural for your body at that time. So I like that you kind of talked about that. Do you have any period tips when you're in pain? Like, what are you doing? Are you exercising? Are you sleeping? Or what are you doing? What are your tips? Okay, so I wish I could say that physical activity is a part of my routine, but it's not. (laughs) I don't exercise. Amazing. Resolution. It is. I know. Just walking up and down the stairs is enough. (laughs) I fully expected you to come to this podcast with all of these hacks and tips and tricks for like taking care of yourself in your period. Yeah. So exercise is and that some people that does work for. I'm just one of the outliers where I don't exercise even on my good days. So I might get back into it. I used to do bungee and that was really fun because bungee classes where you're like dancing and flying through the air. It can't feel like working out or otherwise it just like, I don't know. But if I'm cramping, so I did discover this product and now it is in the bestie box because it's a game changer, but they're PMS gummies. They have a very small amount of CBD and And I can take it and not feel too mellow where I don't feel like doing anything. But I took them and hours later, I I haven't had a cramp in hours. Like, oh my gosh. And so that to me was like, yes, okay, there, I found my holy grail. I found the holy grail of product, but I'll do that. I try to limit caffeine because I do love coffee, but I'll drink like a half a cup in the morning and then not have anything else. And then switch over to like herbal tea or something like that called morning mojo tea that I found as well. And which is now in the box because like I do suffer from fatigue. I'm kind of like anemic. So my iron levels really, really drop. And so something that doesn't have like a kind of caffeine, like coffee does is good. And then this is my go-to thing. I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it for everyone. Get Guinness. I drink Guinness. I call it my medicinal Guinness. And I tell my husband, can you please go get me some medicinal Guinness? Because it actually has a ton of iron in it. And what? funny story. So when I was pregnant with my son, I lived in England and I had a midwife and I was supposed to be on iron supplements, but they just messed with me. Folic acid and all that stuff. Like I could not stomach it. And so the midwife was like, well, drink Guinness. And like the rules over there around what you can consume is so much different than the US. Here they're like, no alcohol. But over there, I mean, it's England, it's Europe. It's the European policy. Go get your iron intake from beer. So... (laughs) That is so funny. What a fun hack. See, like that's that's what I was looking for in this episode. Thank you. Yeah. That was great. Okay, let's go ahead and wrap this up. What is coming up for Bestie in 2024 that you can share? Okay, so we are getting our line of feminine hygiene products. Hopefully they will arrive mid-February. And so really looking forward to that, having our own brand. It feels like a real business now that I have my own brand of products. And yeah, like I think what I'm really wanting to do is focus on getting the word out. And so just trying to get some noise out there. I'm looking for like new partnerships. I did just meet with Sis Got Tea. So like they're a local business that crafts tea. And I went to their shop today. It's so cute. So if you're over in the Barrett Avenue area, so really good tea. But anyway, they do a custom tea for us. So that's super fun. We'll have our own blend that they'll make. Just trying to let people know that we exist and hopefully gain more customers who will really find value in the product that we offer. Love it. Amazing. Okay. Well, where can people find you? Where can they stalk you and order the products? Yeah. So our website is bestiebox.com. Bestie with just an I. So B-S-T-I 
box.com. And then we're on Instagram at bestie.box and Facebook at hey.bestie. So those are some of the channels that you can follow us on. So yeah, be on the lookout. We're going to be at some events too. There's one, it's January 20th at the Iron Bell. And so that's like a wellness event, wellness vendor event. So we'll be there and we'll just be looking for other places to kind of plug in that's happening in the city. Cool beans. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. I appreciate you. Awesome. Well, thanks Jen for having me. Of course. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Served Neat. I hope you enjoyed listening and found some tasty nuggets of marketing wisdom to help you take your brand to the next level. Remember, just like a perfectly crafted cocktail, marketing is all about finding the right balance and serving it up with a splash of creativity. So keep building, keep refining, and keep serving up your brand with style. And if you're thirsty for more insights, follow us on Instagram at Nate underscore the agency for even more marketing tips and tricks. Be sure to subscribe and join us for our next episode of Served Nate. Until then, cheers.